Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Give it up for my man, Black Ice. Like many people, I was first introduced to Black Ice when he appeared on Russell Simmons' Death Poetry Jam. Black Ice was a revelation. My father always told me I'd understand when I got older. This internal hurt of a lone soldier, so held firmly in my right arm with her head on my shoulder because that's the way she likes me to hold her. That's what I told her. Speaking about my daughter, in order to save face because just before the embrace and all the I love yous and I miss yous, she clearly let me know that she had issues. Talking about daddy, where you been? And just then my mind began sinking back. Taking what being a wordsmith meant to another level. Since then, in every iteration, what that black ice has appeared, whether it be on Broadway or his then 2006 debut album, The Death of Willie Lynch, to his performance at Poetry Africa, he's shown an extraordinary ability to continue upping the bar and what is possible. With that, Black Ice, welcome to the library with Tim Monaco. Thank you so much for joining us. You see, it's funny the way it's second nature, the way I put these words to paper but couldn't figure out a simple explanation to offer my baby girl. Don't like having to admit that tomorrow is just a maybe girl the famous ass your mom. I came across an interview you did, and you kind of said, quote, you're the hip-hop generation. So I was always curious, why choose, I guess, poetry as your form of artistic expression versus, let's say, you know, rap? And then what purpose did you want poetry to serve for you when you first started out? And how has that purpose changed as you've gotten older and as you traveled more? I never differentiated anything, you know, like uh, poetry, spoken word. To me, is no is you know that there are differences in in the the technique of of writing, the technique of delivery, but but it's not um to me it's very synonymous with hip hop. You know, I don't I don't I don't see me anywhere. That's why I said I'm you know I'm because I'm hip hop generation. I'm an artist. You know, and poetry mm-hmm. is one of the avenues of art that I use to uh, to get that out. You know, but I've never seen myself as a difference. I, I rhyme as well. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's just a, it's just a difference in delivery. You know, um, but my intent is always, you know, the same with the same. You know, my, my intent is always the same, which is to say something of, of some substance. You know, whatever that is. You know what I'm saying not necessarily to. You know, I, I, I'm I'm not the 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 revolutionary poet. I'm not the super political poet. I'm not the love poet. I'm all of those things. Right. So you know, um, but I I just whenever I whenever I say whenever I say something, whether that be in rhyme, well, I don't know. Sometimes you know, sometimes rhyming, you just gotta let the bars go. Right. You know, so you know, I'm you know, so I'm very much about letting the bars go. 
But at the same time, uh, even when even in that, I think innately, uh, I just I have to say something. I have to say something that makes you think, mm-hmm. you know. So choosing poetry as a as an avenue. When I spoken word specifically, I've always been a I've always been a writer. So I've always been a poet, you know. But I don't remember a time since uh, since being a budding teenager that poetry hasn't been a part of my life in some form or fashion, whether it was just, you know, I've, I've always done it. It's not something that I need a crowd or an audience uh, or or uh, anything to do. I do that in my in, in a room, you know, but naked, nobody there. This, right. this is who you know, this is absolutely who I am. So. So in, in choosing that avenue, you know, I was an MC. I had a record out when I was 16 years old, you know, uh, which was in 1988. That was not a small feat. Right. You know, uh, but uh, so I've always just been, you know, an MC at heart. So even when I'm, you know, in, in, in the, the poetry, there's MC in there if say, because that's right. who I am, you know, as well as. the. So I didn't necessarily choose that avenue more than it just opened up. You know, because I was a barber, I'm a barber by trade. I'm still a barber, uh, you know, in my spare time of running around the world. I got a, a personal barber service that I do. Too. But, uh, you know, in my, you know, there was a need for me to have a, a, an artistic outlet, you know, and I was introduced by my best friend to, you know, these spoken word sets in Philly. And, uh, and so, when I say it kind of chose me because when I went that first night, it, that's what ignited the like, Oh wow. I got an avenue of expression. There was no like, Oh, I'm going to be this, or this is a way to become this person. It was like, Oh, this is a spot where I could come and get, you know, get my shit off right. about the things that be on my mind. Right. And that's all it was for me. It was cool. Yesterday it was just a, right. somewhere to, you know, to get my artists on, you know, and my, and, and my, my, uh, my so-called profound way of thinking or whatever the fuck, you know, as deep cats try to say that shit is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, uh, and, and that's what it was. It was a, it was a place for me to, to express myself artistically without any, uh, 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 without any apology for anything that I needed to say. Uh, and, and that's what it was. And then, you know, of course that led to, you know, it's this spot happening and it's that spot happening. So you begin to, you know, go to different spots and you jump on the mic and then I, then I decided, okay, let me, let me see what I could do with it. You know, let me, let me see if I could become the shit of the city, you know? And so I started hitting comedy spots where niggas was rhyming, you know, because, you know, the the poetry audience, you know, while very uh, intellectually savvy are kind of easy, you know, at the Mm -hmm. same time, because everybody's there for some consciousness. So, you know, Everything that niggas dropping deep, you know, so it's real easy, you know, it's the, it's the, the preachers, you know, preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, let me go to these comedy shows. And if I could, you know, if I could get them going at the comedy show where they came to laugh, if I could get them thinking, uh, then, then I'm saying something, you know, so that's really what, you know, that's what kind of fueled it. Uh, and then, but it was always fueled by a purpose because that's my, my, my dad and my mom introduced that to me, you know, as mm-hmm. far as just having a purpose. And my pop was a, you know, my pop was a revolutionary. You know what I'm saying I'm mm-hmm. not a revolutionary. My pop was that nigga, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, Black Panther at, you know, was part of, you know, was 
was was a communist at one point, you know, uh, you know, went went to the Air Force to avoid the draft. Heavy dude, you know. Right. And then had some street shit happening too, you know. So but he was the one who put me on, uh, you know, who made me read books on Leninism and Marxism and fascism and all different kinds of governmental rule and uh uh made me listen to the last poets and Oscar Brown Jr. and the Watts Prophets, Wanda Robinson, you know, this nigga had all these all these this on vinyl, you know, so mm-hmm. on Sunday, you know, that was a Sunday, you know, so that's really where it came from, you know, was originally was from my pop playing, you know, the ballad and bullet speech. I would like to clarify some things that refer to me personally concerning my own personal position. I'm still a Muslim. That is my religion. Uh, you know, and then playing these poets and Bill Scott Herman and jazz, and, you know, and then allowing me to play my hip hop as long as my hip hop says something. He didn't want to hear no garbage. Okay? He wanted right. to hear as long as it says something in there, he was cool, you know. So I think that's where it came from. Uh and just being older. So originally I think my original idols, my original MC idols were Abi Odun and Umar bin Hassan and Gil Scott Heron and you know like before uh Rock Him and Kane and LL and Run DMC and you know, and, and these guys, uh, Chuck D and KRS, it was, it was those elders, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that's what fueled it so naturally. I think as I, once I reached a maturing point, it was just, I think it was just natural, a, a natural move as an artist, my, or, or at least natural for me. Uh, I had no real desire to become no rap star, nothing like that, you know, uh, and I really had no desire to become some poetry star. I just really had a desire to, to say some shit that meant something. Uh, and, uh, it just so happens that, you know, that, that it, you know, that it, 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 it reached further than, than maybe, uh, my, my vision initially, uh, saw. Uh, uh, Black Ice, you mentioned a few things there about your dad, but also I was curious, you know, you always, we're always at this political time where like, you know, it seems like, the arts and schools are always trying to get defunded, right? Um, mm-hmm. But when you were growing up, what I just always I'm just curious, what were the arts? What were the arts programs like when you were a kid in Philly? And it, like besides your dad, who was also encouraging you to kind of pursue your art? Oh man, I, I had listen. I had I had an awesome set of teachers. Uh, you know, like I think I come from the last generation of 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 people who, where the art of teaching was still you know, thriving in public school, you know, so, you know, my, from my elementary school teacher, you know, who was my teacher from the first through fifth grade, you know, who was a teacher who decided that she loved our class in the first grade so much that she switched grades every year to keep our class together. So it was just a real unique thing. Oh, wow. Uh, and she, and she, while, even though we were in public school, she taught us in a very Montessori way, you know, uh, so we all, and, and every, and, and 80% of, of my class from elementary school are doing phenomenal things. Mm-hmm. You know, like my, my man who, who I used to draw with, cause visual art was my first love. And my man who I used to draw with, uh, Albert, you know, became an illustrator for, you know, for, for, a, you know, major comic book, uh, you know, company. So, uh, like this. So I, I, these things, like I had these teachers that, that absolutely kind of pulled our art out of us. And I came from a time like we had boys clubs, you know, mm. 
So we were involved with that. So in the boys clubs, you learned, you learn these character things. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, and it wasn't necessarily because that's what pulled the artist out of me. Being taught how to play chess and how to shoot pool and play table tennis and these things and, and socialize within a, a, a controlled environment as a child pulled the artist out of me. Hmm. So, and then I had a hell of a mom. You know, my mom nurtured four boys. Like she's the oracle, you know, like she just, she, and, and she was very honest, you know, like what I wasn't good at, I wasn't good at. And she didn't let me, she didn't allow me to believe that I could be good at something that I wasn't good at. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, uh, my mom doesn't believe in that. Uh, and I don't believe in that. I get it from my mom. I don't believe in telling, you know, telling children, telling anybody that, oh yeah, you could do whatever you want to do. No, you can't. <laughs> you can do whatever you're gifted at. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying you can be phenomenal in whatever you're gifted at, but you can't do anything you want to. You know what I'm saying you know, like I just that uh, we are all not naturally. In, in that case, I think the world would be pretty perfect. We could all do what the fuck we wanted to do. So, you know, or what we dream. You know, those those fantasies. You know what I'm saying you know, but in real. So I just had this mom who who constantly pulled the artist out of me. She would not let me uh, forget. You know, uh, and not, and not let me, she wouldn't let me live into the artist that I was. And whatever way of expression that was, she, she demanded it from me. You know, just like my brother, my older brother was an athlete and she would not let him not live into that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, she constantly pulled it out of him, you know, you know, had this nigga running the Philadelphia distance run when he was like 13 and shit, like, you know, right. like. You know, so I had just one of those moms that that was just a hell of a nurturer. And then I was fortunate to uh, and she believed, you know, that the best school, the best, the best education was a free education, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, she just she was constantly she was one of them home and school association moms and shit, you know, like. So that's really what pulled that 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 artist out of me. And then when my pop got me, you know, because I moved my pop around 13. On some real boys in the hood shit. Now that I think about it, I moved my pop around thirteen. It was just me and him, and then him and my uncles and my grandfather molded me at that time when that you know my nuts started to hang, and I started thinking I was a you know I I wasn't the boy that I was, and then I, I got that. So it's a really uh, and that's a rare upbringing in 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 urban America, you know, for this black boy you know, from middle, from, from lower middle class to come up with so many male figures that look like him. Mm. Say, you know, they got his last name, you know? So, right. Uh, so yeah, so that's where, that's where it comes from, man. All, all them cats, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, the teachers and, uh, and, and I had one of those families, you know, that, that just, uh, was full of artists and, and, and nurturing moms that just kind of demanded that shit from me. Do you remember, um, <clears throat> I just imagine, do you remember the first kind of um, poem that you might have spit or even wrote that kind of said to you, all right, I got this, I could do this? Um, do you remember what you were doing at the time? Or even even, even if it's just like a lyric that you were like, oh, I'm pretty, I'm actually really good at what I'm doing. Oh, no, man, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I, you know, I, 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 I live in, you know, I try to live in absolution, you know, like, so there was no time that, you know, like when I decided, you know, the night that I went to my first spoken word set, I went home and and started writing, you know what I'm saying, and started writing a piece with all intention to perform that piece. 
you know what I'm saying, you know, and say something. Like it was there was nothing like, oh, I think I want to write something. No, it was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go write some shit. Oh, this right. is my kind of shit. Like when I went there, I was like, oh, this is my kind of shit. And so the first night that I went and I performed, you know, uh 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 I jumped up there and deliberately, you know, you had two you got two poems. Deliberately I jumped up there because what I first figured out during the you know, during the two months that I was going and just watching shit while I was, you know, you know, uh, perfecting what, what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. You know, I was just watching shit and I was like, okay, motherfuckers get up there with their pretty books and shit like that. I don't want no pretty book. <laughs> I don't want to get up there and just spit that shit like, like, like MC, you know, saying? you know, cause that was part of the thing. It was part of the trend. Fashion was you got up there, you go get a fly ass book from some store, some stationary store, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, your book was part of your wardrobe, you know, it's like, oh, look at that nigga book. That must yeah. be deep shit in there, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so I said, all right, I don't want no books. So I decided I was going to memorize my shit. But then I deliberately decided that the first poem that I read, I was going to read, I was going to act like I was reading it out the book. <laughs> then the second, and then after I did that poem and everybody was like, oh, it was a little love poem, a little sad ass love poem and shit, you know, uh, and I was like, oh, wow, you know. And then I, you know, and then I deliberately said, you know what, fuck that. And I threw the book on the floor. De- you know, I deliberately threw the book on the floor. And my, because I knew at that point, the showmanship of it was, mm-hmm. oh, motherfuckers say, oh, oh, this nigga is something. You know what I'm You know, who the <laughs> fuck is this nigga think he is throwing the book on the floor? And then I spit this motherfucking piece, you know, uh, and it was like, uh, I think it was, it was, I'm the inherent carrier of the words of the earth. I've been destined to do this shit since birth of what it's worth. Y'all call me a poet. You and I know it. I'm hot to see featured and not. I don't switch my plot while other cats who claim my vibe use they scribe for superficial and selfish needs. Stupid upon the mic. My soul bleeds life's lessons. And, you know, like it was wow. some, you know, but I meant that shit. Right. Like it wasn't, no, it wasn't like I, I sat back and I tried to think of what, what's the dopest shit I could write. I'm a write my, my I write dope shit. That's a, that's a given. It's what, what's the, what's the, what's the heaviest, what's the heaviest, most meaningful thing I can say? You know what I'm saying? Even in being braggadocious, how can I fuck with your mind? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, uh, you know, let, let me let you know that I'm thinking, you know, that I'm just not rattling the fuck off, you know, so, and, and that, and, and it, but it was very deliberate. It was not, uh, you know, it, it was nothing, um, like, uh, uh, it was nothing. And that's not even an arrogant thing. You know what I mean? I, I just, I've, I've been raised to live into who I am. So there's not a point in my life when I haven't been an artist. So when I decide, when I decided to be that kind of artist, it was very deliberate. You know what I'm saying? It was, uh, it was very fucking planned out. You know, even in, even, even in the part of being present in the moment and letting shit unfold, my part in it being prepared. And, and showing up the way I wanted to show up. And I've never had a bad showing because I fucked that shit. Hmm. Yes. Right. <laughs> so, so do you have, do you, or have you ever, or do you now have, do you, do you have like a sounding board you go to in terms of like, all right, you, you, you wrote something, you have an idea of how you want a performance. Do you kind of show it to present it to someone or people or maybe a group of people prior to making it official, I guess? Um, well, I mean, I always have the, uh, I always got the homies, you know what I'm saying? That when I write something and, you know, and I know it, you know, and I know it was dope, 
you know, and I, you know, and I know it was dope. And I'll run it past my man, you know what I'm saying? Put, run it past some artists, niggas I know, you know what I'm saying? You know that I respect their craft and I know they respect my craft, you know, but, uh, uh, it's, but I don't have a, you know, like I haven't, my, you know, quirky weirdo, you know, uh, artist shit, I guess, you know, uh, I have an imaginary audience, you know what I'm saying? That, uh, that, um, I envision when I'm writing some shit. And if I'm writing some shit to perform it, because I write often to not perform at all. I mean, it's my own personal writing. But if I'm writing to perform, if I'm telling a sermon, then, you know, I have this imaginary audience. And in that audience sits Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, Dick Gregory, you know, uh, uh, KRS-One, Rakim, uh, Big Daddy Kane, uh, Cannabis. You know, like every hot lyricist, orator that I've ever admired sits in this imaginary audience. And in my honesty, in my most honest self with my art, if I don't visually see these these cats standing up and jumping up and reacting in facial expressions, then I know I'm not saying honestly what I'm supposed to say. And that's really what my sounding board is. It's just some, you know, and it's not, it's just a very, uh, again, my mom was what forced us, forced me and my brothers to be completely honest with who we were. Flaws, everything. So, you know, like that, there's a, that myself won't let me, you know, won't let me, you know, put trash out there. Hmm. Ice, you mentioned something about you. Sometimes you write, uh, not sometimes you write just to write. I mean, in terms of like not to present it. Uh, so when you write, let's say pieces, like if you look at kind of like social issues today, and you're kind of writing pieces based on, you know, police brutality or social injustices, but you're not presenting them. Are you? Why do you write about them? I mean, are you writing to kind of make sense of them? Um, I mean, I guess what, what's the purpose of writing for you if you're when you're not presenting them? to get it out, to get it, to put it somewhere other than to, to put it, to put the understanding of it, the worry of it, the anguish of it, uh, somewhere else. Hmm. So I can have room for, 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 for something else. The, the thing is that, you know, you have to take time as, as an artist, we live in a time of such, uh, instant gratification and the vacuum between artists and, uh, uh, fan, listener, consumer, whatever you call that, there's this vacuum of energy that happens because, and so a lot of times I'm very, uh, very adamant about keeping some things to myself, you know, uh, because we live in this time where so much is gushed out and so much opinion is pushed out there. You know, a lot of, a lot of times I don't say shit because I feel like, fuck, does my opinion matter? Like everybody, everybody talking, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's the whole thing. Like I like, I love journalism. I respect it, you know, and it's become, everybody's a blogger, vlogger, you know, right. opinionated, you know, per, and it's, uh, and, and there's an art to journalism, you know, so and there's a, there's an art to, to, to writing these things, you know, but so sometimes, you know, you just, and, and as an artist, I don't know, it's just some quirky, weird artist shit where I just, sometimes I keep some shit to myself. It'll come out in a book, maybe. And mm-hmm. then, you know, sometimes I, I write some shit and delete it. And it might have been the dopest shit I ever wrote, but I just deleted it because I just needed to get it out of me. 
and let it go somewhere else, you know? Right. I want to talk about uh, you know, poems you've done where you've addressed issues of like police brutality and, you know, but you did these poems, you know, for example, you did, you did, you did these poems like 10, 15 years ago, but then you look at today and they're still relevant today from the, from, I guess from the artist side, how does that make you feel that you still do have, you, 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 you still have these pieces of poetry that are relevant today, but then from a personal side, how do you feel that, you know, these pieces are relevant today? Um, yes. Uh, it, it, well, one is just, uh, I mean, I think it's just, it's just confirming. It's, it's a confirmation to me that what I'm saying is, uh, is, is, is relevant and, and timely. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Which means what I'm saying is, is what I'm saying is universal, you know, uh, uh, it makes me feel like I'm carrying the, the torch validly for Abi Odun and Gil and Umar Ben Hassan and Oscar Brown Jr. and Sekou Sundiata and Mary Baraka, you know, uh, Watch Prophets, uh, because those things, niggas are scared of revolution, still applies to present day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that cat yeah. wrote that shit back in, in the 60s, you know, 70s. You know, you know what I mean? And that shit still applies today. So the fact that I wrote some shit, you know, 15 years ago, and it still applies today is like, okay, that's confirming that, you know, I, I wrote something that was universal. I, some, I wrote something that was uh, timelessly relevant, you know. Uh, and, and, and that's that, which means I'm on my job. You mm-hmm. know? And that's as, and that's really as, as much credit as I can take for it, you know, is really just, that because I, I was also taught you put the work in and you leave it there you know if, if it's honest it'll do what it's supposed to do um, a poem that you performed that talks about police brutality it's, and I want to kind of ask you about collaborations uh, is that poem a hashtag talk to my two sons about choices while they're still young enough to ride in car seats driving down the street trying to explain why we seem to gain more of a voice once we've lost our heartbeat so welcome to Black Friday where the best things in life are free except air Nowadays, men are waiting to exhale, too. You know, the cops shot, I mean, strangle, I mean, shoot till we drop, then call for backup instead of an ambulance. There's an amber alert out for common sense, and a bullseye is pressed on the backs of all black men. But you'd rather press the red dot in your phone and record the red dot aimed at his head instead of calling the red cross. For you, I guess, what's the, what's the importance of that piece? And then also, when you're writing a collaboration, oh, when you're doing a collaboration like this, how does that work in terms of... Um, you know, I guess writing, performing, uh, you know, like today when you have a hip hop artist that are collaborating, they don't necessarily have to be in the same place, right? They could email back and forth. Uh, is that the same for poets as well? That poem actually was the, the, the meat and potatoes of the poem was Chief. Right. And Chief was on the phone with me and he was, uh, you know, and we was, you know, going back, you know, like I was spitting some, some new shit for him. He was spitting some shit for me and he spit that joint. And I was like, yo, that's just crazy, you know, like, and it was over, I think it was verses and flows, kind of like right. deciding what we wanted to do for verses and flow, you know, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, that joint is crazy, you know, I said, uh, and then I, and I thought about it for a second, and I said, what you think about me, you, and Prentice doing that poem, uh, you know, as a, as a, you know, as a collaboration, you know, we just chop it up in the script. And uh, so, of course, you know, I mean, he was like, yeah, he's like, man, that's, that's crazy. Let's, you know, let's go with it. So then we all got the poem and then Prentice 
you know, put his twist on his line. Mm-hmm. And I put my twist on my line, you know, to give it some, to give it, and to give it an authentic three voice. You know what I'm saying? You know, right. because Chief writes a certain way, delivers a certain way, his cadence is a certain way. I do it a certain way, and so does Prentice. So we, we gave it the authenticity by, you know, we, we took, okay, these are our lines, let me twist these. You know, okay, let me replace this line with that line. And that's how the poem came to be. And, uh, uh, and we didn't practice it together until the, the day before, or two days, but I think we, we got to LA two days before our, our taping. Cause, and then we got time to practice it, practice it, practice it. You know, nice. so, uh, and then it, you know, and it came off, you know what I'm saying? I think because it was a, it was a genuine, it was a, it was a genuine poem, you know, but it was, it was really, it was, it was Chief's, uh, it was Chief's, I, it was Chief's idea. And then it was just something that we, we obviously all could relate to and, uh, and, and put our own twist on. And, and as far as collaborative efforts go, like when I did the, when Sheehan, when Sheehan Poetry and myself did the poem, We Are Men. Right. Uh, for Deaf Poetry on Broadway, uh, that was a whole different thing, you know, like that, that because that was a, that was, we were together and Stan said, I need a, I need a, 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 a collaborative piece with the guy, right? Cause the, cause the girls, you know, George Me, she had, and, uh, Stacey Ann and Mida all had, they had a collaborative piece where it was just all the girls, you know, all the women. So he's like, I need a piece with the guy, at least some of the guy. So we started writing this piece and it just naturally, we said, fuck it, we just going to do what men do and we just going to talk about being men. You know, you know, and it was a very organic thing that happened. You know what I'm saying and made it very comical because it was just, so it, it, those type of pieces come together, I guess, in different ways. Um, I don't do many collaborations, but you know, uh, but they're fun to do if they're, if they're organic. Because I'm a freak with the lights on. And no, I don't want you to say my name because I already know you know my name. But I will do some shit to make you cock your head so far back you can watch your own ass shake. <laughs> or make love to you nice and slow. For hours. Just the way you like it. But sometimes, I just want to sleep. We, we are men. men. And just because I'm in touch with the enemy, mm. it doesn't mean you uh, Before I ask you about uh, your ass. debut album, The Death of Williams, I want to ask you about, you say you're, you're, you're Tony Award winner, you're Peabody Award winner, you're Emmy Award winner. Is there, I guess, what's the, is there a gift to being all those, but also, is there kind of like a curse to being those as well? Kind of sort of like the the MC that debut album is like platinum and that has high, the highest expectations in the world from the, you know, for the rest of the time he or she is a artist. I mean, I guess that all depends on the individual and uh, what the individual, for me, is no pressure on me at all. Like, you know, that you put the work in and you leave it there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, I won those awards and and the gift of those awards is, you know, I'm not a college graduate. I don't have the curricula vita. I don't have letters behind my name, you know. So these awards behind my name kind of certify me as a professional, you know, as a master of my craft, you know, which allows me to make a living. And that's just the real, you know, like uh, as far as and as far as being an artist goes, I, I'm an artist. I don't need anybody's validation. Even though the artist in me narcissistically wants all of that validation, right. <laughs> you know, because that's what that's what artists are. You know what I'm saying I don't give a fuck if don't nobody like my shit, but I hope everybody like my shit. <laughs> you know, like that's 
this is the paradox, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, as far as it, um, those things meaning anything other than confirmation, you know, for the world at large, you know, in, in its, uh, superficial way that I am somebody, that, that's what it means to me, you know, uh, other than that, you could take it or leave it. I don't, you know, like it doesn't, it doesn't make my art and it won't make my art. So, and, and, and a cat told me, you know, Oscar Brown Jr. told me one day, he said, you know, if you, if you believe when they say you hot, they believe when you, if you believe when you say, when they say that you're the shit, you have to believe when they say that you're not, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that kind of molded my view on all of those accolades, uh, and, uh, and papered accomplishments. In, in, in 2006, you released your debut album, The Death of Willie Lynch, uh, which I'm still a big fan of. And I still rock today because it mixes great beats with great words. How did the concept come about with this album? And how did you ensure that your words were not going to get lost with in the beats? Jazzy Jeff, a really good friend of mine, uh, was doing some work with Alan Grumlet at Cot Records. Uh, he was, and, and him and I had started, uh, you know, working out together, working some shit out. I had been hanging out in the studio with him and, you know, doing a couple things, writing some things or whatever. And, uh, so he played, you know, he, I did a, a, a version of Lone Soldier with Juan Ye Mars from Boys to Men. My father always told me I'd understand when I got older. This internal hurt of a lone soldier, so held firmly in my right arm with her head on my shoulder, cause that's the way she likes me to hold her. That's what I told her. Speaking about my daughter, in order to save face, because just before the embrace and all the I love yous and I miss yous, she clearly let me know that she had issues. Talking about daddy, where you been? Daddy, where you been? And just and, then my mind began sinking back. Played that thinking for back Alan to those Grumbler Saturday seldom show up days. Those uh, seem like my father wanted to sign. So at that point, I had to get released from Def Jam. You know, we, you know, didn't take, didn't take a lot because I had a really, I got a really dope lawyer. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and then also because they didn't know what to do with me anyway. There was no harm, no foul. I wasn't an asshole. So it wasn't like, you know, anybody at Def Jam was going to be like, no, fuck that nigga. <laughs> you know, it was like, uh, oh, the, oh, the nice guy, the poet guy. Yeah, yeah, man, let him go. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to do anything with that guy. Let him go, man. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's going to have a record now. Oh, man. Great, great, man. Good luck. You know what I'm saying? You know, that, it's that type of thing, you know. So, so Alan said, you know, he wanted me to, uh, you know, he was like, you know, he's really excited. You know, he said, you know, you know, I, I, he said shit like, you know, to me, you're like the new Tupac, you know. And I always just kind of leave that up to, you know, what these industry motherfuckers say out there now. Right. You know, it was his, his way of saying he really dug my shit, you know. Uh, so, uh, he said, you know, let's do a deal. So it was a very independent deal. You know, I had a lot of freedom, you know, uh, so I was able to pick, you know, you know, Eric, Booty, you know, Booty, who was my, uh, who was my producer, but also I had started a band, well, a group, you know, where it was me and I had, uh, four young cats playing, you know, live instrumentation. And, um, and Booty was my drummer and my MD. So, but Booty and I had a, had a synergy in the studio that was very, uh, unique. Uh, that to anybody else I had tried to work with. 
you know, and at that point when the album came out, I had already had a stint on Def Jam. And I, you know, at that, you know, once I met Russell, of course, the doors opened up for me. So I sat with, you know, I sat with all the dope ass producers, you know, and, you know, and, uh, you know, and it just was no synergy there, you know, because. I guess motherfuckers are confused. Like, I don't really, nigga, you're a poet. I really don't know what to, you know. Uh, you know, so, uh, but me and Booty just always had this thing, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I love that nigga. He's my little brother, you know, so. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of, Alan Grumlet was kind of like, yeah, you sure, nigga? Well, what about such and such? Or what about, uh, you know, what about this guy? And I'm like, uh, well, no, I want to rock with my man, you know, because I'm also old school in the sense that I want one producer, you know, because I want to sound. You know, I want to sound. I want to. I want. I want my album to to be a synonymous. You know, a, a story. You know, so. Uh, uh, yeah. So and and uh, definitely, it, it came about because obviously the the letter, the, the Willie Lynch letter. Um, and uh, initially, I, it, the title was the death of Willie Lynch because when I was making the album, because I wanted it to be the death of this uh, this prescription. Of uh, you know this this uh this this inherent description of of uh, indignity and uh, and psychological uh, oppression you know and then uh, I was learned by a couple professors that you know that there was some there were some questions about what in the validity about the validity of this document uh, because just because of English language and you know according to the, the date and time you know the time that this letter was. You know, this letter was written supposedly. There was certain English language in it that didn't even exist at that point. So, so then it became the death of, you know, the death of this myth. You know, this, of, you know, that, you know, because then at, at the same time, it's, it's actually all psychological anyway. It's all perception anyway. What you take in and what you allow yourself to agree to be true. You know. So, um, uh, and that's really where where it came from. And, and in it, I just wanted to say all the shit that I've been wanting to say. For uh, you know, at that point, I don't know, 29, 30, 30 something years, 30, 30, all this shit that I had to say, you know, so, you know, I just wanted to say all this shit, and, and that's really what it was, like, for me, it's very child, like, it wasn't about, like, oh, you know what, I'm a, I'm gonna make this album, and then I'm gonna do these, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sell millions of records, and I'm a tour, it was like, I, I really want to just make it out, I want to make this out, you know, I want to get this out. And uh, and once I got it out, and you know, the goal was to be able to walk into Best Buy, you know, at the time, you know, we still buying CDs and and see my shit in Best Buy, you know, like and and, and see my shit overpriced in Fye. You know what I mean, like that was the goal. Like I just want, well, I want to come in the Fye and watch my shit be like twenty two dollars, you know, like <laughs> you know. I brought my album from every record store it was at, except for FYE. Like, I'm not fucking paying that much money. Both of that. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, so beautiful world we live in, but ugly souls push the buttons. The gluttons of society. Top priority making sure the rich folks stay rich folk. Pitch folk type thinking. New Orleans been sinking. This ain't a new issue. The ninth ward been the tissue that the city wipes his ass with. Like in the past with the first flood, way before Bush contracted Allen Burton to restore back the order. They use their black bodies to try and hold back the water. Such disorder in a country that burns so much money. I'm telling you, you learn so much money when you just open up a book and look inside. 
That's when they hide the evidence These fucked up presidents and their constituents Pitch you against your own kind Fuck up your mind Yeah, they got opportunities and jobs for the poor It's called prison life and warfare Nigga, that's your share of the American pie But you got the lie still and cheat to get it Step on somebody's feet to get it Not toes have been swollen for so long They do it so wrong But yeah, but that was the That, that was really the goal Was to just get some things off my chest That I needed That I had been needing to say all my life and uh, and I had the opportunity to and get this artist shit off with, you know, having a record that was in the, you know, that was, you know, so many, it was all of those things. Like, then it was like, oh, I'm gonna have a record and I got these kids, and the kids gonna be able to see me with a record out. And man, how, you know, like it was those, oh, oh, all of those things. So once that was accomplished, cause like, I remember a nigga asked me like, you know, how many records you sell? I was like, I don't know, nigga. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> see, I, just was, I had, I had no interest in that shit. I was like, I don't know, nigga. I'm, I'm, I like doing shows, you know. So record sales don't mean shit to me. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, obviously that's a dumbass way to do business. But you know, like for me as an artist, I like doing. I like the exchange between me and my audience. That is the that is the gift of all gifts. I mean, that's the pay of all pay. You know and uh, you gonna pay me for that. But that other shit, you know, like it's just all. Extra. And, and and that was it. Truthfully, in all honesty, uh, I'm I'm. I'm humbled that you that, that you that you rock with Death of Willie It's funny because my man, my my producer and good friend Rich Nice, uh, you know, one of the producers of Sway in the Morning, and Rich Nice is a hit maker from years and years. You know, Foxy Brown and Lauren Hill, and, you know. Like, so, uh, but he was here, and this Sway, Sway Sway was here last over the weekend, and we were they were at dinner at my house, and uh, Rich says, um. You know, he asked me about my album. That's what it is. He said, what did you, he said, me and we was talking about that. What you, what do you, what did you grade your album? And I said, oh, wow. I said, you know, C minus, you know, low C minus, like close to a D, you know, just because it was very immature and it was very, uh, frantic, you know, like lyrically it was, you know, and the production was, you know, and Booty was, was young at the time. You know what I'm saying? You know, so to throw, to throw a very young producer, on such a big endeavor, uh, on, you know, under such mature words, uh, was gonna, you know, although it felt good to me, I don't know if it resonated. And once I went back and listened to it, it didn't necessarily resonate the way I felt like it should have resonated. So C minus, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, honest. Looking back on, is there a track that, or maybe a few tracks that, uh, you would give yourself a A on? The intro. Discretion's all that I have done and all that I will do. I should open me up. Use me as your vessel. Let my voice be yours. Speak your mission through me. Allow the listeners to open up and receive it the way you intended. No holds barred. Use me. I look at the news and I watch other people's nations formed over. While right out my window it looked like death done warmed over. Swarmed over my folk like revelation is amidst us right now. Death in jail, ready to enlist. So like if I tell you the experience of recording the album, then you'll be like, oh yeah, all them joints is like an A. You know say like because the experience of recording the album was so dope. Like, you know, I went in initially the you know, with the path, I went in uh attempting you know, I'm such a fan of Jay, right? Such a fan of Jay. But also a cynic. You know, so I said you know, there's no way this nigga is going in the motherfucking booth and not writing this clever ass shit. Down. You know, I come up with clever shit. I can't just come up with 
So I get this nigga's right. Don't prove this nigga wrong, cause I'm going in the booth and I'm not gonna write shit back. You know, I'm just come from completely from my spirit. You know and so I went in the booth and that shit hit. Like I went in the booth and I did not come out for that for that first track. Mm-hmm. And those were the things that came and I, when I we went we went back to listen to it, I was like, man, that shit come through me, bro. Like, you know, like it was and, and I was like, oh yeah, damn, the nigga hold was right. That nigga don't be right, he might, nigga might he might not be right shit down. <laughs> okay. Enough respect to the gangsters. Damn. Okay. You know, like uh, uh, that that you know, like that track was so humbling. You know what I'm saying? You know, in its fire, it was humbling because my attempt initially, you know, was to prove this nigga that I'm a huge fan of wrong. Like, you know, what I was just like, you know, but that might be me watching too many, you know, conspiracy theory shits, man. You know, like, nothing, nothing is true. Nothing is real, you know. Fix is always on. But, you know, no. And that's what, it, you know, so that, but, you know, like, joints like a, a dream, you know, a dream transfer you know the, the joint like that was some real shit like you no know, i'd be having you know like having these fucking dreams where you know this nigga pox show up in my dreams and shit you know big shit. a lot of motherfuckers show up in my dream you know so and uh, and i really had this and and that day when i wrote that shit and i came in booty was working on this he had this 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 drum and snare going that was just you know like an army and that's oh shit and then he Put that, uh, uh, and I think we we did the whole joint today. And I was, and it was that day I was feeling like motherfuckers didn't understand why I do what, why I did, you know, why why I spit the way I spit. I think maybe somebody told me that uh, that I needed to rhyme about something different, you know, rhyme about something, you know, dumb something down a little bit, you know, and that's. Where that whole brace yourself, place yourself in my position, walk in my shoes and you can understand my mission. I got to choose God and the devil waiting on my decision. They both want my vision for their purpose. God say I'm worthless if I can't feed the nation. Satan say giving the fuck only leads to frustration. But the words heard through the sound of my voice ain't by choice. This is universal obligation. I'm a culture soldier, weight of the world on my shoulder. Thought process heavy. I'm a boulder. 20,000 leagues, I'm deep, man. I'm seafloor. Deep shit when I'm sleep, man. Like visits from Mr. Shakur. Remind the nigga what he's spitting for. He said, Ice, you know the price of fame, what it's hitting for. You better watch how you getting, boy. Don't let him catch you up. The, the devil come and snatch you up. They said the spirit of pop back. The shepherd here to take his flock back. And I'm from where they come to rock at. And then he look when I cock back. Black rats take the block back. So when I say that to like niggas, you know, that wasn't just me sitting down and like, oh, this shit sounds clever. <laughs> Right, That's, right. It, 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 you know, it came, it, it, like, you know, like, it, 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 these things were very authentic, you know. So, as when I look back on the experience of recording the album, each song, each track, uh, you know, uh, the event of the track itself, yeah, it was a dope experience. But, you know, overall, I mean, of course, the last track, the track that I made about my parents, that's my favorite track of the record. Yeah. 
you know, was the real, you know, because, you know, because it's, it's, it's exactly that. Real. Make the lion strong, so wrong or right, the real has always been my business. Proving my mom wrong about Santa Claus and Christmas was my first accomplishment. Met her with human astonishment. She said, you never cease to amaze me. She praised me for wanting to know the truth. Wanting her to show me proof about the fat boy in the cold pole. She said, you are old soul for questioning everything around you, boy. You don't let nothing astound you profound. You were being for so young. I'm slick with the tongue, but short with the lung. Cause I was asthmatic, spasmatic behavior kept me from being the best at school. Thought I was so cool. A fool's path I was walking, squawking like I was it. Sharp as a tack, no common sense, so I ain't no shit. My father's grit on my face. He kept these niggas in place when they thought of testing me. Father time invested. See, I had a jab that was nice. It'll make you blink and think twice about coming within my arm's reach. My father kept me from harm's reach, but made me stand on my own. Circa 2006, and now a nigga full grown. Four kids, 33. Seems like a lot of people heard of me, but that ain't the whole At some point, I'm going to shoot that video. You know, with my mom and my pop. I'm gonna shoot that video. I don't know when, but I'm gonna shoot that video. Yeah, but that was, you know, that was my, you know, favorite joint that I really like. You know, nice to meet you. Saw you in my dreams, it seems that the sunbeams against your dark amber eyes have caused me to place you in familiar settings. Weddings, or maybe that reception. Oh, I'm sorry, sis, excuse my aggression. You know, different times, you know, depending on my mood. You know, I, I enjoy the album. You know, other times I'm picking the album apart like this is the worst. You know, like, what was I thinking? What? Because you, you reference, you, in, in, in the album, uh, you, re- you reference... In two different songs, take your time, and as you mentioned, a dream transferred. You referenced Tupac, right? And then uh, you also did the uh, first track on The Rose Volume Two, which is an album based on Tupac's poetry. What what significance is Tupac, the artist, for you as a fellow artist, but also as just? Uh, you know, someone who's a fan of music. It's funny because I was a Pac fan. That joint with my homies call came out. And I was like, yeah, that joint crazy. You know, like I remember the first time I heard that one. And then I didn't hear nothing else from, from the dude that I really cared for until, uh, until maybe like, you know, uh, all eyes on me. And then I started listening and I, and I heard a couple of joints, but I was never really like a bona fide, like Tupac and Knight, you know what I'm saying? You know, like I can't say that he, you know, other than, um, like anything outside of myself, I look at it, try to look at it in parable sense, you know, it, it one, he was very authentic, you know, and he was, and, and, uh, and I always, I always admired how honest those things that he was saying were, like how, how honest they felt. You know, like I never felt like he said anything dishonest. It was always very authentic. You know, he wasn't the the most uh, l- lyrically prowess writer. You know, like he wasn't he wasn't he didn't have a lot of prowess, but he wasn't lyrically intricate. You know, in that sense, but he was definitely authentic, uh, and uh, and that was to be admired uh, and, and inspired by. And then 
you know, but then also it was also that that lesson of um, that lesson of the lower self and and allowing the lower self, the ego to not be parented, you know, so. So those are the things that's, and, and, you know, so that was his significance, but I can't say I was like, oh, you know, Tupac inspired, like it wasn't, I'm, I'm inspired by all artists. So I'm sure there was, he, I drew some, I, I've drawn some inspiration from him as an artist, you know, throughout my, you know, throughout his life and throughout my life as an artist, I'm sure that there were times when, you know, that cat specifically had, had inspired me, you know, to, to live into the artist that I am. You know, but uh, I can't say. Uh, and it's funny that you pointed out how many times I mentioned him. It's like, damn, I didn't even realize I mentioned him that many times. Like, I I have this weird quirk thing where I just notice things, where, like little things about albums. I'm like, I'm gonna ask him that the most random question in the world. So I thought I was trying to. Yeah, yeah. Um. So so a big reason why uh, I I really like the album uh, The Death of Willie Lynch is because in college, I my senior year, I did my paper was on hip hop and kind of lyricism versus uh like kind of like the, the influence of beats over someone as an artist versus just being a lyricist and i always used to say to people well you know if you isolate this lyricist from or mc from the beat then you probably wouldn't like him as much versus like a common or even like jay a jay-z who's where i'm from right um so I so when you did this album, I was like, "See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. You could have great lyricism and great beats at the same time." Uh, but f- so I was always wondering, as if when I, when I was thinking of question for you, I was wondering, this is there an MC that you like that you think could, sir, if you take away all the beats from their music or even a few songs, would make a great acapella album? Kendrick Lamar, of course. I like. I I I really did. I dig Schoolboy Q. Vic Mensa, you know, I like him. I, I like him a lot of a lot of the time, not all the time, you know. But uh, I mean, man, there's a there's a lot of cats, man. Like I, um, you know, it's ill. Like I, I like you know, for some reason, I, I like Ross. I like Rose, mm-hmm. man. Like Rose, Rose could actually, you know, because you know he spits some shit every now and yeah. then. You know, so especially this this latest this latest shit, like you know, like. That, that, that latest shit, he, you know, talk when he, that, that shit is dope. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't deny the dude. I don't want to like him. You know what I'm saying? You know, or I didn't want to like him, but you know, uh, that dude's all right, man. He's, he's quite lyrical. So like, and I, and I think that if you dropped all the beats, if you dropped the beats, you would hear something. Right. You know, like, uh, um, of course you always got your, you know, your, your vets, like, of course your Talibs and your black thoughts and your M's and your, you know, these, and, and it's crazy because, you know, my generation of cats, those are the cats that's really, you know, like showing improving lyricism still, you know, and, and, you know, Dayla, you know, shit, Dayla, you drop all the beats, man, you're going to get poetry. Right. You know, uh, so, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Yasin and Talib and all these cats, you drop beats and you're going to hit because these guys say something. Kendrick, Man, that shit might blow your mind because, you know, I'm sure that most of these young people don't even catch 45% of what that little young cat be talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, J. Cole as well, you know, uh, you know, J. Cole, you drop the beats off of him. I might. I, there, there's a lot of good Odyssey. Odyssey is incredible. 
black milk but then you got cast over like then you got cast over here like uh you know pete philly and michael x and uh you know these guys from i'm talking about these, these are you know guys from over here in in, in holland uh the the that are incredible too, you know. So, they're, they're, I'm a fan of the art, man. So there's a lot of cats who I can, who I would love to hear without the beat. I don't know. They can go all day with that. One. It's a hard pill to swallow when the laws you follow are enforced on land your ancestors were wrongfully mounted on, and the very principles this country's founded on can't be counted on in time of crisis and confusion. What an illusion they We're speaking of legendary wordsmith Black Ice. So as mentioned, your hometown is Philly, but you're currently residing in the Netherlands. Uh, what brought you out there? Uh, well, I initially came out here for work opportunity, but also uh, uh, love. I had met mm. uh, met my lady the summer prior to moving here, so that you know that sweetened the deal, and that that became a whole new life in itself and then we just had a you know we just had a baby back in January so uh but I've been I've been in love with uh Holland with Amsterdam Rotterdam probably since the first the first time I came was probably 2011 and uh, I've been coming back to one of the only places uh on the planet that I've been to that I've consistently uh returned to uh and as an artist for some reason uh, something resonates here with me, uh, in Europe, uh, in general. And then way of life, uh, is just different. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't realize what it's, what it's like to not live in a police state until you don't live in a police state. How, how, just real quick, how do you think your, I guess your, 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 your writing has changed being that your, you're you're viewing, like you just said, you're you're viewing what's happening, you know, in the political climate from an outside perspective now, being versus in it. Um, well, well, I don't know if I could ever really view it from an outside perspective. Ultimately, because America, you know, raised me. It's not. I was I was born in Okinawa, Japan, so I've never accepted the fact that that America wasn't my birthplace. You know, to begin with. You know, just just technically, uh, but. Uh, America raised me, so I don't think it would ever, I could ever really look at it. Uh, my children are there. My family is there. Everybody who I love, you know, uh, uh, people, you know, there's so many people there who I love, uh, that are there. So I can't, uh, and I know it. I, it was my experience. Um, I, so I still look at it objectively. I still take it personally, but also, you know, because I have a, a broader view. And I've had that broader view for quite some time, you know, just traveling, being privileged to travel the world and, you know, set, you know, feet on soil in different places and learn different culture and uh, be immersed in all these different cultures. You realize the, the global universality of, of things. Uh, and not to say that that lessens the so-called struggle in America, you know, that exists between class and race and you know, all that other bullshit, but, uh, there is a, a, a much more global thing, uh, happening with capitalism, with, uh, with class structure, with, uh, just humanity in general, uh, and what we ingest and what we, uh, and what we put out. So, um, in that sense, uh, my writing has just grown because I've grown. Uh, so, you know, I'm also very careful of, of what to, what, what to address. 
what's worth that. Uh, you know, I, I try to fight my wars, uh, intelligently, you know, and, and pick them wisely, you know, so, uh, uh, and, my, and that's, you know, my work has just grown in, in, in that sense, uh, you know, but I'm still very opinionated about, uh, about, uh, about the, uh, the structure of America. I'm still very abreast on it, you know, and, and, um, you know, but I'm, I'm Noam Chomsky with it, so. You know, uh, that's just, you know what I mean? So it's all one big soap opera to me, you know, like, uh, except for local elections. I feel like local elections are where your vote really counts, but you know, that Washington shit, that's a, you know, it's out of our wheelhouse, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're pawns in that. So I look at that shit and I always address it the way I've, I've always addressed it is that then, then diabolical niggas is up to some shit, you know, and we need to be aware of that, oh, uh, you know, and uh, while we move amongst this shit, you know, because we still got to move amongst it, but, you know, so that, that, I, I think that's my, my, but I, I could never not take it personally or look at it like, oh, from the outside looking in. I do feel a little safer. I have to say that, you know, like I was just, <laughs> right. I was just talking to my man. I was like, watch your body out there, nigga. Like they, the cops are killing niggas out there. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, and that's, but that's, uh, and that's a, it's a real thing. And to be resensitized to that kind of trauma, uh, is a hell of a thing, you know, to not live in that now over here. You know, I could walk up at three o'clock in the morning with a black hoodie on, with my hoodie up, black jeans, black Tim's, walk right up to a cop, pull out a joint, light it up and say, man, where is the party at? And the cop will say, uh, you, you okay, buddy? You know, like, right. uh, you know, so that's a, it's a different, uh, environment, uh, you know, to, to be in. And it makes you see things actually from a, a even more traumatic lens, uh, about, uh, the, the things that are happening over there. It's just kind of inhumane, you know? Uh, so yeah, man. If you were to kind of take your entire body of work, um, and and look at it and then like see where you are now like right now where you are as an artist is there a piece that you've done that thinks best represents where you are as an artist hmm. my whole body of work is there a piece that represents I know that's a lot <laughs> represents man, is there one piece that represents me as an artist Wow, no, I don't think I've written, I don't think I've written that. That's a, that's an opus. I don't think that, I don't think that's come through me yet. You know, it may, it may be getting ready to happen though. Like there's a, there's a, uh, there's a flame that's been lit up under me. Like me and Rich Nice and this, this, uh, I had this really hellified spiritual trip to South Africa and it was like almost cliche. It was so dope, you know, but, uh, so yeah, you know, it may be coming, you know. Uh, I'm at this place of, uh, doing the mirror work that's, as an artist. It's where the, you know, the, it's where the herd is, but it's where the art is the, the gushiest, you know? So, uh, you know, we'll see what, what pops off, man. But, uh, but see, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a, really that 410 days in the life. Let me ask y'all a question. When you look at my brothers, What's your first impression? Uh, if I had to choose one, 410 right. days in the life, you know, would, would probably be it because that, 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 that poem was written, uh, at such a time. You know, I wrote that poem two days before the taping of the second season of Death Poetry. Uh, mm -hmm. and 
Um, like I had, I, like I was broke and I went to Russell, uh, and Russell's my man. Like, you know, I, I love that nigga to death. You know, like, it's my guy. And still, you know, to this day, it's my guy. And, um, but at this point, you know, I went to him and, uh, and my ego was real big, but I ain't had no money. You know, I had this new fat form shit on, you know, but I ain't had no money. So I went to this nigga, I told this nigga I was broke, you know, and I couldn't get no job. Just running around with this nigga. And uh, that nigga laughed at me at his office. And then, you know, uh, and then, you know, ultimately that day he gave me like $200 out of his wallet, you know. And he said, that's all the money I got, Ice. You know, and then within now, within that conversation, he also said, man, I t you know, he paid, like, he's paying for yoga and shit for me. And I'm like, nigga, I don't need you to pay for yoga, nigga, I can't breathe. You know, I can, yeah, but, uh, and I didn't realize the jewels that he was handing me at the time. Because, you know, my right. ego and, uh, whatever disparity I was going through, you know, uh, letting affect me, uh, just couldn't, wouldn't allow me to understand that. So, uh, so I went home and I was pissed off and shit. And, and literally at that point I said, you know what? I'm not fucking with this industry. I'm a, I'm about to do, I'm, I'm a write some shit that's a big fuck you to this industry, explaining it and exposing it and, uh, and, and proclaiming who I am because, I was the same dope ass nigga when I was cutting hair at the barbershop and I can very much go back to the barbershop and be just as happy, uh, you know, without all that shit, you know. So I wrote that piece and, uh, and, and then memorized it, you know. And it was crazy because I had actually decided not to do the piece, um, that afternoon, uh, when I got to Death Poetry. And then Keith Murray, who had just got out of jail, was going to be one of the special guests on, on, on Deaf Poetry. And I was signed to Def Jam. And wasn't nobody over there looking after me. And Keith Murray had like 15 niggas from Def Jam over there. So I was like, you know what? Fuck you, motherfuckers. You know, like, this is my shit. Deaf Poetry is my shit. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, I'm the, like, I'm the shit of this shit. You know, not to be braggadocious, but that the facts. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, this is my shit. You know, and, and I'm signing Def Jam, and the first poet signed Def Jam, and y'all ain't got no niggas over here looking out for me, but y'all let this fucking nigga, you know what I'm saying, who's a who's a dickhead and got a reputation for being a dickhead, you know, uh, y'all got this nigga got a whole court looking at him, so that just reared me back up, and I and I did the motherfucking poem, and I didn't even do during sound check during rehearsal, I did a whole nother poem because I didn't want it, I want I wanted to do it, my intention was to do it once. You know, and when I, uh, when, when I went up there, it was Jamie Foxx was b backstage. KRS one was backstage because we was talking about R. Kelly and the tape. And then, uh, uh, Lior was in the audience and, uh, and I, and most, I was so upset that day. And then I, I got up there and, uh, and spit the poem out and it, and it really just came out because I don't even know if I had it memorized. I think it just, it just came out out of conviction. So I think that, and that was the most defining, I think, moment uh, and body of work that really said, this is who I am as an artist. You know what I'm saying, I know this is what I know, you know, and this is who you can't uh, 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 eliminate from existing. And that's really what it, you know, so yeah, four out of 10 days of life probably. Black guys, before I let you go, there's amazing instrumentals that are happening behind you. I was curious, is that part of a new project you're working oh, on? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's uh that's me and Rich Nice man. 
Ooh, listen, man. There's some, there's some things get ready to happen. Oh, dope. You know, there's uh, some things get ready to happen. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in a, I'm in a really dope creative space. So we'll see what happens, man. You know, I heard I'm, I'm, I heard I'm a little talented. Yeah. <laughs> That's the rumor. That's the rumor. That, that was the rumor. <laughs> He's a uh, Tony Award winner, a Peabody Award winner, an Emmy Award winner. He's Black Ice, and I want to thank him so much for joining me in the library with Tim Arnico. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, bro. Thanks for having me. Black Ice. Let me ask y'all a question. When you look at my brothers, what's your first impression? Does the sight of us leave you guessing, or do you understand the stressing, the aggression, the look of no hope on my niggas' faces, like the Lord overlooked us when he handed down his graces? You see, embraces fall short on the numb tips of street entrepreneurial fingers. Stuck in the walls of the project halls where the coke smell still lingers. External blingers is all we can be, because on the inside we've been giving nothing to shine on. And a gig is harder to get than coke, so niggas get their grind on, because the TV tells us, aim high, nigga, make all goals lateral. But that takes paper that we don't have, so niggas put their souls up as collateral now. Some niggas reclaim them, some blame them, make an excuse to sell them. But when a nigga goes from not doing to doing, what can you tell them? Not to be a nigga. Shit, I gots to be a nigga, that's how I pay the bills, and I'ma do that whether I got to sling this coke or Exploit these rhyme skills. See, America makes you an opportunist, and at the same time, they institutionalize you. So the fact that niggas get these big record deals, big money, and then go to jail shouldn't surprise you. That's what lies do. And most of these guys do have raw talent, just infantile education. So the business feeds them all the weed and ecstasy and a little bit of paper to provide some pacification. From all the bullshit frustration they serve you. Meanwhile, they corrupt your perception of what the real is. See, they've taken all our businessmen and made them drug dealers. Took all our messengers, made them rappers, just flapping their jaws, afraid to admit their treason. Took all our soldiers for the cause, made them killers for no reason, and being fucked up? Well, that's in this season, so if you're negative, you're positive, and if you're positive, you're called a hater. But I maintain control of my soul because I know it gets greater later. And I told y'all the last show, I'm no hater, I just know what the truth is. I've been intertwining this pudding for a year now, so I know where the proof is. It lies in these midtown Manhattan skyscrapers where former hustlers sign papers and do fucked up capers. About 16 infamous stars at a time. Got them chopping and bagging and serving that shit to niggas 16 bars at a time. And the crime is undetectable by the feds because in the heads of our kids is where the track is. And music shoots straight to the soul. Is so potent, so it's much more addictive than crack is. Now, the high is just an illusion, lies and confusion. But just for that rush, just once these young bucks will go through it. So in essence, they're still flooding our streets with thugs, drugs, and killing. They just using these record labels to do it. Taking our Taking our heartfelt demos, putting us in limos, trying to fuck up our direction. And most niggas is trained to chase money and pussy, so we fall victim to our own erection. Now, convincing ourselves that we're on our way somewhere where we're not going. But ignorance is bliss, and niggas love this, so niggas take pride in not knowing. We not growing. Nigga, I'll give a fuck how slick you flowing if you ain't showing these kids nothing or adding nothing positive to the earth. See, I've been destined to touch this world since the day I was born. To be honest, fuck a deal. God gives me what I'm worth. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? 
Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.